So hello and good morning to you guys. We are recording this at an unusual time for us. Why that is the case, we will discuss in a couple of minutes, I would very much assume. I hope that everyone is doing well who's uh, tuning into this and especially now also Steve. So Steve, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> so yeah, part of the reason, well, no, the only reason we're recording this early basically is because, well, first of all, I just had a terrible night's sleep. <laughs> uh, my, do you have, have you ever had it, Pascal, where your left nostril, like not left, when one of your nostrils or both even are just blocked? Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to sleep and you're like, you can't even blow your nose. It's just like there's yeah. something. So yeah, that was happening to me. And then I ended up lying in like 15 minutes, nothing terrible, but like I was already starting the day behind. And then I was just like, the way this day is going, I don't even know. Like I woke up really distended and bloated like painfully and so I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get my breakfast down I don't know if I'm gonna be able to train so I was just like right let's make sure I don't delay Pascal and get this improvement season done and then may maybe I'll get in a session later I don't know I, I probably shouldn't <laughs> I probably shouldn't yeah so of course we can delve straight into things and then dissecting why that is the case like last week as the listeners may know um, you've already what was it last week that you've experienced kind of sickness symptoms or was it the week prior to that I, th I think it might have been the week prior that I was okay. feeling I'm yeah, I think it was the week prior. Yeah, but this no, time, sure. of course, you're experiencing um, those symptoms that you have or similar symptoms to what it is that you had ages ago when it is that you've been running into the limits of what you're truly capable of doing when it comes to pushing the boundaries of gaining phase. And it seems like your body is going into a strike once again, doesn't really want <laughs> you to push or to to get the work done, <laughs> wants yeah. to have a race maybe. <laughs> and uh, that that's that's very interesting in my opinion. And that's why I think we should really talk a little bit more about this. Also then when it is that you've been talking about the nostrils, for example, um, at least for me personally, whenever I'm very stressed and often this is in the overreaching week, something like this can occur there as well. Um, when you... You don't really have any kind of snot sitting inside your nose, but it's still blocked as if it's just swollen. Um, so, Steve, I threw a lot at you now. Do you want to now just yeah. elaborate on your situation? Yeah. yeah, it's like you said, I think it was 2019 when we recorded our uh, technique videos for the, the member site. We launched the member site and everything, I think it was back then. And just because I'm remembering it because you filmed me when we were training in that gym and I had my shirt off and I was over 200 pounds at that point. So that was like the pinnacle of like mass that I reached. But I remember feeling awful at that time. Like, and it was months of not feeling great uh, as well. I remember vividly like this girl who I would see at the gym. She was a competitor and we chat sometimes and she was just like, so how are you feeling? I remember like me always just going like, yeah, not great. <laughs> I don't feel great to be honest. <laughs> and it's kind of where I've, yeah. it's kind of like where I got to before I mini cut last time, a sense of that. Whereas this time it's kind of, I've been hit a bit harder because I think, like you said, I'm overreaching. I also am sick. So it's not just the acid reflux, which is what I'll come on to that I'm I'm experiencing. So I've got a cold. Not It's not terrible cold, but it's there and it's combined with the kind of overreaching symptoms. And then it seems like I've got acid reflux. I don't get 
And the only reason I realized it is because after the gym yesterday, I got this like weird peppery taste in my mouth. I was like, that is unusual. Mm. Like I've heard of people getting metallic taste maybe when they're sick in their mouth and not sick in their mouth when they're ill and they kind of feel sick. So I just Googled that and I was like, oh, this has come up for acid reflux. And then it said like a peppery taste or a metallic taste is like normally signs of potential acid reflux along with bloating, nausea, symptoms that I'm experiencing and like a constant need to clear the back of the throat. So I thought a lot of the symptoms I was feeling were just related to being sick. And then I'm like, oh, my sore throat might not just be sickness, this metallic, this taste, like, and, and it lines up with acid reflux. And then that gave me a flashback to when I was pushing my body weight up to the highest back in 2019, when like, I, I don't know if I actually tried them. I think I did, but certainly bought some antacids. Anti uh, I think it was like, uh, I forgot what it's called, no? It's a mix of something. Uh, anyway, I tried some medication to try and help it. Uh, nothing seemed to really help, and but I almost started prep very soon after. And it, all my symptoms go as soon as I start dieting. All of them immediately go. So I don't think, I think it is just a, like you said, a kind of stress response where my body's like, nah, we've had enough. Mm. <laughs> uh, we don't want to keep going because it's not a calorie response. Like I, post-show, I can eat, like 5,000 plus calories and it's no problem. Uh, it is this body weight in combination with this many calories, I think. And then probably also the stress from training. Yeah. Because you're capable that can't of be helping. probably be pushing it much, much harder than in a cutting phase or deep in a cutting phase or so. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that helps. And this is something I kind of was thinking as I was talking to you yesterday on like leaving you a voice note. I was like, does this mean, because I think uh, we all fall kind of for this where we see the averages within the industry and people sharing their progress. And I see people who are 30 plus pounds above stage, like 40 pounds above stage and like seeing great results this way. And I'm like, I kind of always like, oh yeah, I want to push towards that and I want to make sure I'm performing well. But um, I'm like, maybe my ceiling is just less. <laughs> maybe I do actually need to stay a smaller individual and gain within a, a lighter body weight range so that I don't feel these symptoms kicking in. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think there were so many interesting things that we can actually then pick out and, and go a little bit deeper in and talk about them. Uh, but just touching on the last thing that you said there of maybe having to accept that you're just much more comfortable and staying on the leaner side and going through more aggressive, shorter gaining phases and then a minicut, shorter gaining phase and a minicut maybe, is I think very valuable because... It once again shows that there's not just like one way that fits everyone and that only because someone else needs to gain 40 pounds in the off season that this is something that you have to do when someone is then th throwing around with very much black and white statements of like this is what you have to do in order to actually then grow or to progress always take it with a little bit of grain of salt and I think that you are the perfect example in many ways about training philosophy and methodologies but also then here in regards to maybe then your experience around gaining as well yeah I think it's it's frustrating because I am <laughs> I don't see many people who hit uh, this wall that I'm hitting before they hit like a don't know body fat wall normally it's like okay now this is getting um, my body fat's getting too high i'm getting too mm. far away from stage condition or a condition i deem acceptable versus appetite most people can just keep pushing through but i mm. don't think i could uh, 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 and like you said it's probably a combination of the training stress that i'm producing as well because like 
I, I'm not sitting here thinking, could I never be obese? Like if I just ate loads of crap and didn't like exercise, <laughs> would my body just have this protective mechanism? The, the deep thoughts <laughs> that are going through your head recently. Just, yeah. Will I ever be obese? Oh man. <laughs> But um, yeah, so what, it's also probably also because this is kind of, again, I've been massing now since my mini cut It's the fourth mass mesocycle. So that's over 20 weeks of gaining again. Crazy. So it's like the peak. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it's been that much time. It's crazy. So the next steps will be, I'm basically going to eat as much. As, I don't know if this is the right steps to make, but in my head, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to eat as much as I can still towards a surplus to the end of this mesocycle. Assuming I can still train. I don't know if I'll train today, but hopefully if, if I don't train today, I can be able to train tomorrow and finish off the mesocycle. I'll then have a deload and then have an active recovery at least. So a couple of weeks of maintenance, at least maybe three weeks, uh, depending. Mm. I'm, my only concern is that even eating at maintenance is going to become a struggle, particularly because I won't have the psychological uh, or the rather the mental desire to want mm. to eat. Whereas when I'm kind of training hard and I'm like, I want to be in a surplus to fuel that muscle gain. Whereas if I'm not really training very much, it's going to be hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I've got to eat up to maintenance, especially when I don't feel like I want to. But I'm, I want to at least commit to two weeks at maintenance because I, I think it'll be the, I think I need to drop some stress before I just go into another mini cut and just start that cycle again. I know that you are or have planned, or at least Charlotte wants to go on a holiday. So yeah. is there the possibility for you to combine it with then the maintenance phase to make it a little bit easier to commit to it? Yes. Um, that is something. I, the reason I didn't say it because we haven't booked it yet. So right. I know I'm pr we will do something. I, I think in my head, I'm kind of holding out like we described. Uh, sorry, like we discussed off air. I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe we won't go on holiday, but we'll definitely do yeah. something. Uh, so yeah, it would essentially be next week deload, then it would be a week of active rest or rather actually I'd probably go into the gym a few times and do some like low volume training, kind of like primer phase training. And then it will be a week where we'll be on holiday. And then, then that week, that's where I'll just like take a complete week off and just eat it roundabout maintenance. I said to you that maybe I could start the mini cut <laughs> when I'm on holiday, depending on what it is. Cause yeah. it's so, it's actually very easy. One, when you're not hungry, but two, when it's like hot and you're busy to just like n not eat that many calories. Yeah. I was like, I may end up starting some sort of diet accidentally whilst I'm away. Cause, uh, it's going to be with, if I don't stay on top of tracking my food, it's unlikely I'm going to like eat enough. So yeah, we'll just see. Yeah. But yeah, maintenance no, it, it, is in my near future. And then a, a cut of probably a mini cut. Yeah. Yeah, I just brought it up because, of course, it would perfectly align with something like this. Well, it would at least make sense yeah, for you to make things a little bit easier, if especially you go in with the mindset that you're already expecting to have a hard time sticking with already something like maintenance. And if you're then on holiday, for example, and depending on the type of holiday, um, you may just lie around, perhaps, You expend less energy, you have an easier time. I don't know, right? It could it could be the perfect opportunity for you to go through something yeah. like this to alleviate um, some of the dietary stress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I just wish, I don't see, I, I, for these sort of things, I wish I had an answer. Mm. Like I wish I had someone who I could 
tell them all my symptoms and they'd know exactly kind of, I don't know how I could get around it if I wanted to continue mm. or like, I don't know, they could give me an answer like, no, you, this is a clear sign that you shouldn't push up, try and push up above this body weight. But it's clear to me, I, I'm not, I couldn't, so I went through it in 2019 where I pushed through for months feeling like this and my well-being was <clears throat> like rock bottom for that time and it wasn't worth it. So I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it's yeah. just not worth it. I think this is also a reasonable thing to be doing and a mature approach to it because it's so easy to just like say, no, no, I have to do this. And then you actually end up in a much worse spot. And perhaps you may even, I, I wouldn't say impair the growth because you're still stimulating then hypertrophic responses and all that kind of stuff. But um, perhaps you're not seeing the growth that you would like to for then this suffering that you are undergoing. And I also think it can't be understated. Like it's stressful when you're in this position where you've got like this sensation, the, the acid reflux going on, you're not sleeping as well, potentially due to it. And like, you're feeling bloated, you're stressed thinking about having to eat more food. <clears throat> it's not a nice mental space to be in. So yeah, I think it, it the juice would not be worth the squeeze. And I think people underestimate that you can you can grow you don't have to hit new body weight highs you just need to make sure each time you hit like a body weight a higher body weight it's kind of looking improved from last time like i can mm. gain muscle at in my in like the 180s to 190s in terms of pounds i don't have to be in the 190s to 200s yeah it's just i'm i can perform well and then i hit this kind of wall yeah so yeah it's kind of one of those but um i've i think this is the first time and I've been more sick than you have in the, the kind of short. Yeah, I mean, it's 2023 term. and then we can say like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's the new year. Um, if we could, if we just summarize the last year in total, it's still far away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the annoying though. Come, though. The, the last like two, three months, I've been more sick than like the whole year. Like yeah. I very rarely get sick. I even uh, I even joked to you on the voice message that now you get a small glimpse of what it is then for me. And it's awful. It is awful. I mean, especially when you, I, I could be wrong in that, but especially when you're self-employed, you can't just like take time. I, I mean, you can if you really want to, but as our man Arne Otto once said, uh, you can't ever really have proper holiday. The only thing that you're doing is kind of postponing or delaying the work. And that's yeah. the same thing here as well. Um, and if you never really can't, can't switch off and calm down, it's, it's so much more annoying because then you're sitting there, you want to do something, but you can't because the body is just like striking on you and especially when it comes to training and it's into there's an interruption for several times throughout the year it's just at some point it's so annoying it is so annoying and i can even feel that my behavior around my kids and also katie is a little bit different um different in the sense that i'm trying to avoid giving them kisses the entire time and stuff you know, because this is probably one of the reasons why I'm getting sick that often, because I'm eating the rest of their foods <laughs> and also uh, kisses. Right? And um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because I don't want to miss out on that beautiful thing in life. Um, eating the rest of their <laughs> of their plates uh, and also the kisses, of course. Um, 
But you automatically do it because the other part is also important to you, such as going to the gym regularly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I, I can completely see that. And then it's like I'm normally incredibly stubborn and I just push through like mm. those training periods. But that's because they happen. It's like just so rare and it's incredibly rare for me to be sick enough to miss a training session. Normally, it's just like a little bit. But even a little bit, it's not fun training through that. Like you get... A, your body temperature is a bit like not as controlled. You get hot from sets yeah. like way more than you should. That takes yeah. you a bit more time to recover from. Your stomach doesn't maybe feel quite as settled. And so that can be off-putting during lower body training particularly. And maybe you get a bit lightheaded sooner than what you would in sets. And it's just like, oh, you just, it's just not ideal training conditions by any no, means. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I really do hope that things are kind of getting better very soon for you and then the strategy for you is something when when do you want to decide on it because right now you're in the overreaching week next week is then the deload and it already gives you a little bit of a break so this is then probably the time where i would assume that you are thinking more thoroughly about what to do moving forward yeah i don't think i think if me and charlotte are going away uh the week after because it's basically our deload then i'll have a week and then we'll be going away i think if that's happening that middle week will just have to be maintenance and i mm. don't think it makes sense not to train that week if me and charlotte are going away and i'm probably not going to be able to train it kind of depends like i said where we go if mm. we go somewhere where there's like a fitness center or like even like some sort of gym like in some of the canary islands or something like this i'll, I'll probably go and then yeah. i can take that that week in in between just off the gym maybe yeah uh so we'll we just see how that goes, but probably it'll be three weeks, like deload, maintenance, and then like another week of maintenance. And then I'll yeah. go drop into a mini cut. I think that's what it will be. As, we, as we've talked <clears throat> about um, at some point, when I asked you the question, when was the last time that you actually pulled back and did something like a maintenance blog or you weren't pushing for either one of the extremes of something like cutting or gaining phase? It was quite apparent. Right. You, you said it yourself, <laughs> you couldn't even recall when the last time was. I think that having this now may be worth just for those three weeks, you won't be losing anything. You will only gain something. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it's a great trait to have. And I think most of us bodybuilders have it where we kind of push our luck in that regard. We push ourselves mm. harder than we probably should always. Because I can think of a very acute example where yesterday... I train legs and I was already feeling a bit sick. Yeah. And so I feel worse today than yesterday. And that's probably yeah. because I was overreaching on legs and I was just like, fuck, I'm stubborn. I like, especially legs for me. I'm like, that's a session I do not want to miss. So I went in there and I fucking just got it out. And I'm like, was that the right move to make? I don't mm. know. Maybe that, I could be feeling better today if I didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And this is also what I had the last time when I was severely sick. Um, I still recall it that I was doing an RDL session, so a heavier hamstring session. And in that session itself, I was already like not feeling great. And I thought like it's mostly just accumulated fatigue. Next day, I was completely knocked out. So, and then you're asking yourself the question, would I have been better off if I just took this as a rest day, give the body the rest that it needs? Would I have gotten that ill then after all? You never know, right? But yeah. it, it's just these questions that then run through your head of like, shit, was I too stubborn now? <coughs> uh, did I did I make the wrong call here? That's basically what it boils down to. 
I'm always like, future Steve will be able to deal with this. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is also how it is when you're taking on a credit, for example, right? It, oh, yeah. you're, you're robbing your future self of spending power. <laughs> Thankfully, I managed to survive. I haven't sent it to you yet, but I did a podcast with Eric last night. That also oh, yeah, might play yeah. into why I maybe didn't sleep as well because mm. it was... My, I was, it was a bit later than uh, I normally would be working, but, um, yeah, it was, I managed to survive for it. He didn't think that I seemed too off. So <laughs> I, did, I tried to mute my microphone when I was coughing at one point. So oh, right. hopefully that was okay. <laughs> yeah. No, How are things on your end, Pascal? I know you're, you've been pushing hard as well because yeah. you've got your holiday at the end of next week. Yeah, exactly. Um, right now I'm feeling, I'm feeling very good in the training sessions, feeling also thick, you, you know that feeling, you know, when you are in the training sessions and the pumps are present, uh, you sometimes check yourself out in the mirror and you see some veins popping out here and there and you just feel strong and energetic in the sessions. And that's what I have right now. And I still, though, w once I'm back home uh, throughout the day, such as right now, uh, I, I can feel the fatigue then kicking in. And, and especially on my eyes, I'm just like, Yawning a little bit more often. I have um, my eyesight is not the clearest. You, you know that thing when it's kind of it feels dry and it looks a little bit milky and foggy. Yeah. Right. Th this is what I have. As if you're super super tired and just got out of bed and you are not well rested. That's yeah. that's kind of what I feel like right now. Um, what I'm pri probably going to do tomorrow is to throw in another rest day simply because we will. I will uh, drive to another breeder, a dog breeder, tomorrow morning, which was a spontaneous thing that came up. And that's why I decided, like, all right, I need to push this mesocycle all the way up to then, hopefully, after the holiday, as discussed the last in the in last improvement season podcast, because I'm still planning and getting some training sessions in um, while on holiday. So I have to necessarily kind of extend the mesocycle and by that throw in one or two more rest days here and there. So tomorrow is very much well received. Then traveling to the dog breeder, maybe then picking up, or not picking up a dog, but deciding to actually then uh, pick up the dog after the holiday. Um, yeah, and then trying to just like survive up until then after the holiday. The good thing is though, that when you are then in a different environment, um, and you know it yourself, and also this is something that we've experienced when we were in Vienna at Dust Gym. Um, you you can never really push it as hard in that gym as you could when you were at home because you are not very much used to the equipment and to push it out to the fullest extent. So I think that as long as as, as long as I survive it all the way up to holiday, the holiday sessions will be hard, but. Um, once I manage to get there, I will also make it through the end there as well. That's at least what I assume. Uh, the good thing is now, also on another note, um, it started snowing now in Austria. So where right. it is that we're traveling to? Because we were already concerned that the weather isn't playing uh, with us, or is playing with us rather, that it stays warm there and there will be no snow. And it started snowing now and it's supposed to snow now for all the way up to then when we are getting there, which was great because then it's kind of like snowboarding time. Um, so yeah, that, that's the plan now, short and sweet, uh, feeling a little bit chubbier, of course, 
feeling a little bit thicker, but everything's in a very controlled manner, which is great. I'm feeling also great from the things that I'm eating, very much more of a mature approach. In the past, I've always, so whenever it came to kind of gaining phases, they were never really as much on point as they could have been. And I've talked about it in the past several times that I always overestimated what I actually need and then I've gained way too quickly and at first I thought that it's just like replenishment of glycogen and all that kind of stuff when in reality I was just gaining too fast and now it's at a very very good and controlled pace and I have the feeling that it's paying off from a physique perspective and um, yeah short and sweet. Nice yeah I think it's uh, for someone like you either of us could easily get into that situation where I mean, I guess I kind of potentially did it in the past where if you were to base it off averages, I shouldn't need to eat the amount that I'm eating to gain yeah. weight. Equally, you should be able to eat more to yeah. be gaining at the rate that you are. <laughs> so if you kind of, again, you don't listen to yourself and how you're responding to things, you could easily lead yourself down the wrong yeah. path. And I can totally see, again, I had like the leaner is better mindset, whereas you probably had a eating lots of food is nice mindset type of thing yeah so like that led us down the wrong paths so we've kind of converged in a way where we've had to swap scenarios a little bit (laughs) and it's also as we've discussed in the past um i was always i was never really moaning about it of like oh it would be nice to eat more uh but subconsciously you take a look around and then you hear about those individuals who need to eat like 4,000 calories who are actually kind of the same weight, same height, same age, same gender. And you're just like, that can't be possible that I'm only eating that much and I'm still gaining weight. Whereas that other individual is just burning through 4,000 calories, not gaining any kind of weight. And that can't be true, right? And it's kind of more ignorance rather than just objective thinking and rational thinking. And um, yeah, I think that I just matured and came to terms with that this is just what I have to do. There is no value in then wishing for a different scenario because that's just wishful thinking and kind of, yeah, once again, ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't really get me far, to be honest. Yeah. It never really does in life. I think just on a, a random side note, you actually also never know if other people are telling the truth. Like sometimes yeah. you see these like fitness influencers, they're like, look what I eat on a daily mm-hmm. basis and I maintain this amazing physique. It's like, do you eat that though? Are you mm-hmm. just doing that to glamorize some product? Or so, like, again, I train like this and this is how I look. It's like, yeah, but is that what got you that physique? Probably mm-hmm. not. So yeah, you don't even know if people are telling the truth. So again, so important to just listen and f- focus on what is happening in real time for you. Uh, with your mesocycle then, how... How many weeks will that have been that you've stretched out for? Um, it sounds it totally like it's quite will, long. Yeah, it will be then six weeks in length. Oh, okay. Um, but also then considering that it's always like a six-day split, it's a lot of sessions then. Uh, but the good thing is that you can always throw in one or more rest days here and there. And it's also something that we've discussed in the past as well, that you don't need to be too overly convinced and stuck on that one approach and one way of training um you can easily extend it if it's controlled though i i wouldn't really do it in an uncontrolled manner and in a in an intuitive manner because it could very well be that you're just artificially increasing what it is that you're capable of doing so what i mean by that is also when you're not standardizing the breathers 
in a hack squat, for example, right? Then you are artificially increasing in the set what it is that you're truly capable of doing. While muscularly speaking, you aren't really capable of doing this, or you're not progressing really, right? You're just like stretching it out. It could very well be on a per session basis that it's actually something that you can't recover, but you're throwing in more and more and more rest days, and by that you're extending the mesocycle. If you're aware of that though, then you can use this as always as a tool in certain scenarios such as this one right now, where you want to actually extend the mesocycle. It would be now foolish to just like follow the plan because then the likelihood that I'm making it like this will be quite low. And then I'm standing there and needing to take a deload earlier than I anticipated or wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, just like dotting these in for extra fatigue reduction as you're going through, because otherwise you'd accumulate it too fast and yeah, you'd hit a wall where you're just like, oh man, <laughs> I'm either exactly. deloading now or my performance is regressing and I'm going to feel like oh yeah, actually f- non-functional overreaching, which is hard to do and hopefully no one listening ever gets into i don't think i've ever been there to be honest Um, i can't imagine what that is actually like because i think there's just so many signals for your body to be like chill (laughs) that you actually have to be a madman to just continue seeing terrible performance (laughs) and just keep pushing through absolutely so steve uh we are halfway through here let's just take a short break um just so that the people are aware of that this isn't part of the podcast it's kind of a short advertising for the coaching. Do you not see the progress you would like? Are you sick of writing your own programs? Or perhaps you need some accountability in order to stick with the plan? Then it's time to start working with us. We at Revive Stronger offer a truly personalized coaching service. You'll get more than just an email with some macros or random cookie cutter program. With Revive Stronger, you will be the center of our attention. You will receive your own fully individualized training protocol alongside a customized nutritional strategy. We created the coaching around your needs, wants, personal preferences, and your own unique lifestyle. Every single week, we delve into your program in order to make appropriate adjustments so that we get the most out of your time and the best possible outcome. We help both female and male athletes to seriously change their body composition by adding more muscle mass and decreasing fat tissue. No matter if you're a competitive bodybuilder or just want to look better, if you need help with your progress and taking your physique to the next level, our coaching is for you. It's time to make a change. Sign up today and let's revive stronger. So here we are back again and um, Steve, I, I want to change tunes now uh, and change the topic from talking about our mesocycles and all that kind of stuff to something else. Um, I don't know if you've had any kind of observations lately, maybe over on social media or so, that caught your attention. I think that, for example, the biomechanic discussions, it has died down a little bit. And right now, I have, I have nothing really that really stands out to me at the moment. And mostly... There's always some kind of trend going on that kind of either annoys you or that is very much kind of catching your attention and is interesting to you as well. Is there anything that caught your attention here lately? It's a good question. Um, Yeah, I do feel like the biomechanics is kind of that side of things has died down. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it. Um, I will say I did see uh, recently Pat Davidson did a post about uh, good mornings and like I've seen good mornings take like a bad rap like uh, p- people poo-pooing on good mornings is just mm-hmm. been why would you ever good morning if you can Romanian deadlift mm. it's like 
man, I, I just don't like when people t- needlessly take away tools from your toolbox. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's still a tool for someone. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is built the exact same. Maybe a good morning is just perfect for someone, or maybe it's specific, more specific to them, or it's a variation they can drop in now and then. Can I but just pat- throw in an example? Um, because... I know someone um, who has or is undergoing a, a an injury in their ankles and their, their foot. And right now, a heavy loading on the ankle is not a go. Thing is, if you were to then load it with RDLs, which most of the time you can easily use, yeah. uh, triple the amount of load most of the time, triple to four times the load on something like the RDLs in comparison to dead, uh, good mornings, could very well be that then opting for something like good mornings is the way to go in that scenario no stress loading on the ankles maybe with good mornings but if you then go and jump to something like rdls maybe it's too much already yeah and uh, this is i can't remember the exact uh, kind of quote that pat said but he was like i actually I'll, I'll, I'll do it a different way but it's like saying you should only drink coke you shouldn't drink pepsi mm. It, he was like, they are that similar. He was, he said a different, two different cars. He was like, oh no, you should only drive like a McLaren. It's like, no, Ferrari's also good. <laughs> it's like, why, mm. why are people needlessly like just taking shots at things? And I think he said something along the lines, can we just like start focusing back on like bozable squats or something for hypertrophy? Like, let's <laughs> like, like pick apart the ridiculous things, not the things yeah. that are just like, yeah, this can actually work. Like, don't like make people feel bad because they're doing a good morning for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I saw that. And then the only other thing that comes to mind, we spoke about it a little bit off air was we noticed, I don't know if this is exactly what he's doing, but Milo Wolf, um, I think he's experimenting doing, I think everything, all of his training at long mm. muscle lengths, sorry, not long muscle lengths as length and partials. So I've seen him squatting at least and um, RDLing, in a fashion that's like he's not doing the shortened range of motion. Mm. Um, and it's not that it's, it's annoyed me or anything. It's just something different that I noticed. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's a, like, that's quite a, because I think I'd heard him talking about it before where he wasn't convinced that it would be smart to do everything like that. Mm. But I guess he's just like, what's the, I guess the easiest way to learn is do it as, as extreme as possible. And then quickly you'll find out where it's suitable and where it's maybe not for him at least. To be fair though, he's a researcher himself. And I think if you want to actually have a statistically significant difference, you need to have sample sizes and also just like outcomes that may reflect that. If you just then do maybe one or two movements in that in that um, in that movement pattern, I think that he couldn't then tell or decipher whether it actually yielded the results that he was looking for, and. I'm just going out here on a limb and say that this is where he's then probably coming from, why he's then having an extreme approach like this to really then have a maybe statistically significant difference or not, right? Because otherwise it's very hard to quantify that. Um, just on a, on a side note though, Mido, if you then start with the Smith machine squats and you do those quarter squats or the bottom half of the of the squats, still unrack it in a standing position. You don't do have to do it in a in a kneeling position. <laughs> I can't. The the one I see that to me sounds the most well actually I, I spoke to Eric about training at um like long muscle lengths and whether or not that's impacted his training at all yesterday. And he was saying for lower body he doesn't 
it, it, like a lot of the movements are very well set up for that anyway. Like an RDL is very well set up to train at long muscle lengths, mm. like deep squats. They're very well set up. I wonder how much that short position really takes away or even could be additive to the movement in that maybe mm. you get a short break up at the top that allows you to get more reps. It's mm -hmm. probably, I imagine it's kind of like uh, continuous reps versus taking some breaks between reps or like locking out versus not locking out. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's much of a muchness, like the overall, like on a set per set basis done to the same RER or whatever. I imagine it's much of a muchness, like there's not much difference between the two, Yeah, I'd imagine. And it kind of comes down to preferences. So yeah, I don't know if there'll be any anything else there. Um, and I wonder if Milo's, uh, I'd be interested to know if he's measuring, like if he's doing anything like re in the lab, like if he's taking any, like uh, what's it called? Like doing any more precise measurements mm. um, on muscle groups and things like this, or just doing like circum circumference measurements. And I guess you'd have to run it for quite a long time as well to, to see the impact because it's not like he's not advanced. <laughs> yeah. What I'm always, and this is not specifically any observations what Milo did or so, just a general observation over past couple of years, whenever there's something new and fancy coming out, um, some things, they make sense to me of just giving it a try, but I'm very rarely kind of caught by it. Um, I, I, I may not be as susceptible for glamour or glamorous stuff as, as maybe others especially when it um, when it requires even more effort in setting things up. So for example, I think that the cable rows, the single arm cable rows, for example, um, with then a chest support on an incline bench, is probably a great exercise and it feels great of, of pulling a movement like this. Thing is though, um, many, many different gyms, they don't have a cable stack where then the incline benches are. And then pushing it all the way then to a cable stack and all that kind of stuff may already be too inconvenient and too much of an effort for then the maybe potential little benefits that you're then getting out of it, right? And there are other examples of exercises as well where you're just like, for example, setting up a seal row in a gym where you don't have a seal row machine. Like I've done that. Putting a bench on then, I don't know, those those step up positions and all that kind of stuff, putting then the barbell underneath you. It's way too much effort for then a movement where you then can get probably the same stimulus and the same kind of response, hypertrophically speaking, from other movements quite easily without that additional kind of effort. And if you can't, then probably doing one or two more repetitions on that other movement is probably already kind of evening things out yeah i think it's uh actually to talk about like long muscle lengths i think um milo may have even said this like it's not it's not even necessarily the case that longer is better it's just that it needs to be at a long length so i don't know even putting yoga blocks and things on pads and like trying to extend the range of motion by like an inch or two it's like i mean if it's easy which yoga blocks are but still having to put them in your bag and shit like this it can be like you could forget them or whatever um so yeah you have to weigh that up for yourself a little bit because i'm definitely i think i'm more on the side of when i see stuff to experiment with i like to experiment and try it out but even for, for that example you mentioned at my gym i i did it once where i got a bench and i put it around there and i was like fuck that was a lot of effort and it's really inconvenient because there's not enough space so I ended up doing that movement kneeling and then it's like, oh, am I getting 
I, it was actually fine kneeling <laughs> but it's like i think a lot of people might be like really set on having yeah. to bring around the bench or whatever but i know what you mean it's same with bands like i was banding uh my hack squats yeah. for a little bit just to like try it out but for the majority of people it's just like the expense of getting the band remembering the band putting it in your bag setting it up the whole t- the same way each time for a lot of people it's it's just not worth it that's the thing and i think yes it may sound or seem cool to experiment and i'm also a big fan of experimentation because only through experimentation you can figure out what really works for you thing is though that there needs to also be sometimes a just rational and reasonable approach to things if you could let's just say you have like a pack deck in your gym and that is the most amazing pack deck machine but you have to then set it up in a specific way but yada 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 and you're doing three sets there and it's amazing you you get the best pumps and what whatsoever right and we can measure let's just assume we can measure that uh, the amount of hypertrophy that you're getting out of that I have a very, very hard time believing that you can't get the same amount of stimulus load from a different movement for then the packs. Let's just say cable flies. They don't really feel the greatest for you, but you can make it work. Maybe then you need one more additional set and then the total um, tension load that you're putting on the muscle mass was the same. Right? So often i think that those movements that require a lot of effort and time and and setting things up aren't really worth what it's not justified actually throwing them in there for then the 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 things that they are giving you in return because we can probably get the same total amount of 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 workload for then that particular muscle group from other exercises and i don't i'm we're not talking about kind of you have to now spend an entire additional day to get the same load but we are talking more so about maybe one two couple of reps more or maybe not even maybe it's the same from other movements as well and this is where then i'm coming into play of like it's not just the stimulus to fatigue ratio and also what a specific exercise gives you in terms of then this stimulus in general but also it's the convenience and also the time and effort to set things up. Same goes for something like supplementation. I have my triangle where I'm like in one corner, I have effort and time invested, um, then research and benefits in the other corner, and then cost. Right? If time and effort is super high and cost is super high, then I don't really think that it's worth it to take that supplementation or the supplement. And I think that's basically also very much the same when it comes to to exercises itself. Yeah, I think with a lot of these things, when you, I, I know this sounds like a bit of a cop out almost, but when you auto regulate, it almost works itself out. So if, like, for example, you're doing, like you said, if you're looking to aim to get a certain amount of stimulus from a movement then what one exercise might take one more set than the other. Or it might be that you don't do another set on the cable fly, but you know another set on a press. It's like it ends up like people zoom into programs and specifics and like individual exercises. And it's like, I couldn't give a shit what one exercise you're doing in your program. What are you doing for your back or your chest or your quads as a whole for the week? And then what are you doing 
mesocycle to mesocycle because yeah sure you're not training i don't know a, a particular portion of your back or your an area or a certain exercise for a single mesocycle but you dropping it in like every other mesocycle it's like oh wow that makes up all the difference because now you are training that area and so i think a lot of people are looking for that like again it kind of comes back to that optimal or perfect program like on a weekly basis i'm training every single area of every single muscle and it's like you probably don't need to worry about doing that <laughs> That's Probably also itself uh, out. that is such an I think important uh, thing that you've brought up there as well because this is also why I find it so ridiculous to fight over exercise selection. Like, what are we even talking about? Like, honestly, we are adults and we are fighting over exercises in the gym. How ridiculous is this? Sorry, but this is then when someone else is bashing you for doing a move in a certain way when you feel it the best in your back, for example, then do it that way. If that provides you with a stimulus that you need and keeps you also safe over a long period of time, be my guest and do it, right? Then then jump around in the gym and do whatever, right? Of course, we are moving in a certain range probably of what is still deemed secure and safe. Um, but in our realms, we all can agree that something like we are not doing kind of squats on both balls. Um and this is not the 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 thing or the theme of this discussion. It's more about kind of the differences of like how you do a lat pull down. Like what the fuck? Come on, guys, just pull that damn thing. <laughs> uh, that comes back to the uh, that's what a big part of um, like the biomechanics like growth initially was back training and pull downs, wasn't it? And I remember people saying the lat pull down should be renamed the upper back pull down. And I'm still not convinced that it should be like by any means, because I think it really depends on intent. I think we've spoken about this before. You can make loads of different pulling or like movements, either more lat specific or like more lower mid back versus upper back. Where are you pulling to? If you do a lat pull down, you pull to your face or to your chest. Yeah, sure. You're going to hit your fucking upper back, but that's not how people generally advise to do a lat pull down for the lats. Steve, um, can I just chime in there? Because I think it's it's a perfect example for this of what it is that you just said. On one pulling day, I'm that that guy in the gym um, who's just occupying that one machine for nearly the entire session. And that is the hammer strength chest supported seated machine where you then can adjust the seat height and all that kind of stuff. So what it is that I'm starting off with I'm putting the seat height on the highest position. This is my first movement doing single arm rows where I where I can feel the lats working. Sorry, I don't care what it is that you are telling me what I'm feeling and what I'm not feeling, right? And then I have this heavy pulls. Then I move on to the second movement. I lower the, the height a little bit. And then I have like, because there are different handles on it. I move over to chest supported pronated rows and I can feel it very much in my mid back right needed to lower the weight a little bit then I put it even lower on the seat height reduce the weight another time grip a little bit wider and now I have my elbows flared like this and I use this as a rear delt movement specifically right and then I put it up again just a little bit go into those hammer grip things and then um because the the pull itself is very similar to the first pull, however, now I do them bilaterally at the same time, 
And I have my elbows a little bit higher, so I really target more so the erectors and the mid-back. And this way, with one machine, with one rowing machine, I've covered my entire back. How long are you on the machine for? <laughs> it's probably it's a long time. That's why I said that I'm that guy who's just occupying the machine. <laughs> it's like when I'm I'm wanting to do like one exercise on the Smith machine and the person's like doing an entire full yeah. body workout on the yeah. Smith machine and I'm just like, oh fuck, what am I going to do? <laughs> I think this puts uh, across a good point that independent of the machine, I make... It, or I turn it into what I wanted to turn into yeah. or where I wanted to hit, right? I need to maybe position myself, reposition myself. And it really more so, uh, especially for back movements, depends on where the elbows actually travel, where you then, uh, what grip you're using, and also yep. where you then kind of touch on the chest or maybe on the on something, even belly button as low as this. And yep. this is dictating way more where I feel it in my back and what kind of exercise this is rather than giving black and white statement of like, okay, this that pull down is only for the mid-back. Right? If I were to lean back very much, then I could turn it more so into a erector and lower back or kind of mid to lower back movement. Yeah, it's the same with, it's accepted for like a, a squat pattern or a lunge pattern where you can change your, kind of the way you approach it to be more glutes or more quads mm. but i don't know why this is then made like oh you can only perform it <laughs> like this way it completely depends how you perform it to where yeah. a movement's going to be felt uh so yeah i think that's a nice example there of of that machine and yeah i'm sad i don't have one of those available anymore actually they had they had a similar one like a matrix branded one yeah. but i have an extreme prime row now which i'm still not convinced i'm going to ever be able to use properly <laughs> but the good thing is be you better. have other access uh, other yeah. machines at your gym that i don't have access to for example the belt squat which you're also using for rdls as well yeah amazing that's great honestly yeah it works super well um yeah i can't think normally it's training that comes to mind of things that are happening i don't think there's anything obtuse that i'm seeing or anything like that i'm like oh that's something that i'm going to definitely incorporate and i think is really really valuable and then nutritionally i don't i think in our space it's pretty calm like there's mm. no kind of weird stuff going on mm. necessarily it's more so like really outside of our space where it's i don't know people are having strange arguments that i just don't simply don't understand i don't oh, know if I, you saw I, it could very well be I, i'm not <clears throat> following outside of our small little bubble it's crazy there was a podcast i don't know if it was steve Bartlett or something like that he has mm. a I think that's his name he had someone on and it, that ended up being a thing where he was basically saying how like calories don't count and everything and that mm. went very mainstream and how just over speaking the evidence to like gut health the importance of that and how having a healthy gut is more important than the number of calories you eat and things like this that's about the only thing that I saw that was like a bit of a strange one that entered into our sphere a little bit but mm. honestly I can't think of anything which is quite nice in some ways like that yeah. there's there's nothing really going on out there. It's also a little bit sad though, because I have said to you before that like, obviously we have our podcast that goes weekly and sometimes I'm like, man, we've covered everything <laughs> to like the like final details of yeah. it. Like even if I was, and I actually re-listened to our round tables that we did with uh, Menno, Eric and Mike. I'm like, man, if we did this again, I don't think there'd be really anything much that would change. <laughs> Like, honestly, yeah, it would probably yeah. just be this 
like the the stretch mediated hypertrophy that might come into it like that that's about it otherwise i'm not sure what else would change actually that's a question i've got for you uh pascal so you'll hear me and eric talking about this orthotic device that he's kind of developed to stretch mm-hmm. his calf for the study he's doing mm-hmm. if you see that his calves have grown significantly will you be in the market for an orthotic device will you commit to stretching your calves is that kind of <clears throat> an offer from Eric that he would be willing to sponsor me? Okay, <laughs> no, it sounded is, like that. Are you is, willing to use that device? This uh, is more me asking you, given the evidence that Eric himself saw his calves grow with that stretching protocol, would you invest a little bit of money to see if your calves would grow a small percentage? To be honest, I'm not as fussed about my calves enough to spend money on them. <laughs> If it was from my chest and my abs, I would be more inclined to do this, to be honest, but not so much for the calves. Um, but this would raise a very interesting point of like, it's something that you've discussed with Mike at some point of like future possible outcomes and implications for training and fitness related things that probably at some point you can modify your genes and maybe there will be a drug. We don't even have to train anymore in order to get jacked and yeah. muscular um and right now i'm very biased to say i would still continue to train because it gives me more than just the the muscles um but a couple of years ago i think i would have and this is more so probably reflecting and representing the general population i think the vast majority of people would be absolutely willing to pay a lot of money to just look i mean because that's what people do nowadays with cosmic surgery already and if you then get your hands on a drug that just makes you jacked and we are i mean it's not just steroids but just like very much going from i don't know zero to your most muscular without any kind of training yeah yeah it's uh i think they would as well it actually reminds me of, and that's something I did see recently. <clears throat> it was only because a client um, asked me about it. it. Was there's a company selling these um, insect steroids? I think one of them is the oh, what the fuck is this one called again? That there, there was there was one that became very very popular, and for some reason, Turkestrone. Turkestrone. Ah, that's yeah, one yeah, of them. yeah. Turkestone. Tur- Tur- yeah, I, I, I've never Eke- really checked it out to be honest. They're called like Echosteroids or something like that, or Echo something. Uh, I can't remember. The, but they're like derived from bugs yeah. and insects. Oh, crazy. And there was, it, it just completely, completely went by me. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, there's, there's a kind of quite a big UK supplier of these that, that are selling them. And there's been one human trial and uh, the rest of the, the papers are like based off like I think in vitro or like mm-hmm. I don't know, not, there's very little human evidence. But anyway, that was interesting just to see how many people would jump on that. I had one client just asking about it. He wasn't like jumping on it. And so that's why I then investigated it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm just surprised how few people are like just skeptical, but they're not in our niche. And I think there's a lot of natural bodybuilders that would look at this and they'd be like, they jump on it. And it's kind of funny to think that they would do that. It's like something that's mimicking, they think it's mimicking steroids, but you're not willing to take the real thing, <laughs> but you'll jump towards these insect ones. I think uh, that, that we have a lot of examples <laughs> of that as well don't we like especially also supplementations we can think of so many supplementations that many people jumped on hoping to see 
the 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 results as if they were on steroids, but in, at the same time they are not willing to jump on steroids. And same goes for something like Psalms, when they still were kind of new and kind of gray zone and weren't prohibited. Right, prohibited for something like natural bodybuilding. I think that many people jumped immediately on it because mm-hmm. it promised those amazing results. And I think that many people are like this, and um, yeah, I, we. I think we are biased because we are already so invested into our journey, what it is that we are doing right now, that it's unlikely that we would be doing something like this. But I'm also realistic enough to say that a couple of years ago, I would have easily gone down that route because for me when i started it was about just looking better and it has developed into something else because it has given me so much so many different things in return yeah um but this is just human nature most of the time if you can't have it now you're more likely to go down that route instead of acknowledging that often the most rewarding thing is the journey itself so when it comes to kind of writing a doctor's thesis, often the, 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 the way to it is the rewarding part. And then yeah. having it in your hand is because of the journey that it feels so good and not because it's the title now that you have. Yeah. It's the same when it comes to kind of other things. Um, I, I could even, I think that there are even studies about it of rewarding, uh, how rewarding things feel. The shorter the time frame and the uh, less you need to work for it, the less rewarding it is. That's why yeah. when you're just buying something that doesn't really mean a lot to you, such as an iPhone, you get a short rush and high, but next day it's back to normal again. But if you need it to work like 10 years for your dream car, it's probably that there's yeah. so much sweat and tears in, in that, that this is now the representation of your work. And it always reminds you of the journey. I think I said something similar to you in terms of, <laughs> I think I put it as a bookie in tattoos to look forward to. And it's almost the, the <laughs> like the looking forward to it or people can think about yeah. Christmas or holidays. Like it's almost the looking forward to that event that's more enjoyable than the event itself. Then once mm. it's gone, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I don't enjoy this thing as much as I enjoy yeah. the anticipation of it coming. Yeah. So I, I completely see that. And I guess to give people credit maybe for the, the inset steroids, but to realize how this is a bit of a fallacy is that the risk profile of them does seem quite low. Mm. But if they're going to give you anything like what true steroids would do, the risk was not going to be like low on them. But anyway, the just to, to round that off so people are aware, <clears throat> um, Ben Escrow and Eric Helms did a study, uh, sorry, a podcast on all of these on the Iron Culture okay. podcast. And basically Ben went through how me- mechanistically it wouldn't make sense that they yeah. would have any uh, positive outcomes for for humans. And that the study, Eric said, basically put it to a null finding. He basically oh. was just like, it's like, this is n- save your money because these are expensive. So yeah. That's I heard least- though that in South Africa, there is a small area that is called District 9 and people turned into somewhat kind of uh, insect looking like things. Uh, it could be that it was the the one UFO that landed over South Africa and then the aliens, I don't know. Uh, it was just one thing I've heard. I can't really confirm. I, I've never traveled to South Africa. <laughs> this is like the lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't you know the movie District Nine? District Nine. I actually don't know the one no? you're referring right. to. No. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. I knew you were joking, but I didn't know the specific movie. I was almost thinking, is this the like Ant Arc in uh, Hunter X Hunter? Was, no, it, was no. it based in South Africa? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just, show, just Google that. I don't have to explain it now on the podcast. <laughs> But they do so, look like insects. That's why. Uh, could have been that people are just being collected there uh, with, I don't know, the supplementation worked wonders on them. Way too good. Way too good. And they got like a superhuman Claws. capacity or kind of uh, powers now and turned into insects. I don't know. This is, I mean, we hear it all the time. We are, we are spoiled by Marvel on how you receive superpowers. And that could be one of those. Like... Um, Supplements from insects turns you into an insect. Oops. Sir. If if you could be any insect, which would you be? That was part? my thought as well, Steve. Um, I think a spider is actually pretty cool. <sighs> yeah, it's hard to beat a spider, isn't it? Yeah, what but other I, insects I are good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, there are so many insects that we can't even or don't even think about right now. Um, What's a uh, Scyther based off? Do you remember the Pokemon Scyther? Yeah, like yeah, green yeah, yeah, the green like, one. Oof. He was pretty cool. Maybe a mantis? Mantis, yeah. Like Could a praying be, right? mantis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mantises That'd are be. pretty strong. Pretty yeah. strong. So maybe a mantis, also because of the sheer size. Just yeah. imagine walking around like a like a <laughs> equivalent version of a, of a mantis. Um, yeah, I don't uh, know. But probably a spider. Definitely not ant. <laughs> Why not? Ants and, are also pretty, pretty strong. So for their size, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty just thinking strong. of Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Not yeah. into that ability. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. Maybe I've got. Uh, I have no idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> In the comments below, guys, yes. let us know the what insect, insect you, would do you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, flying. Why didn't we think of a fly? Like being able to fly, like a wasp. Uh. A that's not bad. But I mean, really a, a bee is pretty cool, but the fucked up thing is if you sting you someone, then you're just tearing all your organs out at the same time. I, I don't want to be a bee, to be honest. No. Um, unfortunately, I know it sounds discriminating. Sorry for all the bees <laughs> out there listening, but I don't want to be a bee. Um, yeah. Anyway. A ho- hornet. A hornet would be good. Or flies. Just... Sitting, sitting on on shit and laying your eggs in, in shit and all that kind of stuff and just annoying people the entire time. What a great life it sounds like. <laughs> anyway, guys, leave it here. Um, as always, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the subscription button if you haven't done so already. But I would very much assume that you've already done it if you're listening in on those. One last thing. Right now, Steve and I, we are transitioning the podcast over to a different hosting platform. And it could very well be, it's not just that it could very well be, it's probably going to turn out that way, that we are going to create another RSS feed for the Improvement Season podcast, so that the normal Revised Stronger podcast and the Improvement Season podcast are on separate RSS feeds. And that would then mean that probably at some point, you won't be notified that we are then uploading some new um, podcast episodes when you are, if you're listening over on iTunes or on on Spotify, and then you just have to now subscribe to the new one. 
once this is taking place, I will let you know over on, on YouTube if you're just like wondering why there aren't any kind of new episodes coming out and the improvements in the podcast, then you know then why that is the case. Thank you very much, guys. Definitely Cheers. don't miss out on that transition and we'll talk to you in the next one. Cheers. Losing weight fast while maintaining muscle mass. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It isn't though. It's reality and we know how to do it. And we will help you achieve this. The Minicup Movement is an eight-week fat loss program to make you lose a huge chunk of fat while maintaining muscle mass at the same time. We will support you from the beginning to the end so that you see the results you would like to and come out of it much stronger. You'll receive a fully automated spreadsheet that is based on your nutritional needs. You can choose between six different male and female training templates. Over 30 videos will guide you through each and every single step of the minicut so that you're getting the most out of your journey and that you always know what to do. But the best thing is that you can start whenever you want. The Minicup movement is open 24-7. So if you want to learn more or you're ready to sign up, hit the link in the description below. So let's revive stronger together.